Welcome to On The Way, where we walk through scripture in episodes that are short enough that you can listen to them on the way to your destination and deep enough to help you on the way to becoming who God created you to be. We are being sanctified. We've not yet reached perfection. We are not yet in heaven, but we are on the way. Welcome to On The Way, episode 11. Today we're in Hebrews chapter 2. The beginning of chapter 2 is a warning. In fact, it introduces a whole theme of warnings that we'll see through the book of Hebrews. The book is filled with warnings for these Christian Jews, and this warning is based on a truth that we read about in the last chapter that we talked about the last two weeks, that Jesus is superior to the angels. In other words, revelation or prophecy delivered by Jesus is superior to revelation delivered by the prophets or by the angels. Moses said in Deuteronomy 33.2, The Lord came from Sinai and dawned over their seer. He shone forth from Mount Paran. He came with myriads of holy ones from the south, from his mountain slopes. In other words, Moses is saying that the Torah... Jewish scripture was delivered to the prophets by angels. So by saying that Jesus is superior to angels, the author is saying that Jesus is superior to all previous messengers of God's word. And the author is just getting started down this road. He's going to talk about the superiority of the new covenant to the old covenant. The Christian covenant, the new covenant, made the Jewish covenant the old covenant. It made it obsolete. One ended and a better one was established. Okay, let's talk about the warning. It goes like this. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. Hebrews 2.1 If these Jews were called to pay attention to the Jewish scriptures that were delivered by angels, how much more should they pay attention to the scripture that was delivered by Jesus Christ? It's the gospel, the good news, And it deserves our full allegiance or our full attention. I cannot comprehend how much time I spend trying to get my kids to listen to me right now. Titus is two years old and I'm constantly telling him that he has to hold someone's hand in a parking lot. You can't walk out in the street by yourself. But inevitably, when we get out of the car, it's as if I don't exist and he starts running to wherever we're going. The author says, listen very carefully to the truth or you'll drift away and probably get hit by a car. If you listen to marketers who are telling you what you should should want or how you should live, if you listen to social media and what it tells you that you should look like, if you listen to the news media and their fear-mongering, you will drift away from the truth, from the good news of God's supremacy and God's love. Then the author keeps doing his dogging on the angels thing, and he says, And furthermore, it is not angels who will control the future world we are talking about. For in one place the scriptures say, What are mere mortals that you should think about them? Or a son of man that you should care for him? Yet for a little while you made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with the glory and honor. You gave them authority over all things." There's some disagreement whether verse 7 should be translated to say for a time people were made a little lower than the angels or that people were made a little lower than God. There's also some disagreement if if verse 7 is talking about Jesus and his humanity. Um, 
being made a little lower than the angels, or if it's talking about us being made a little lower than the angels. I think the King James Version gets this one pretty wrong, but either way, the point is the same. Our humanity is a temporary condition. Right now, we are lower than the angels, and obviously lower than God, but we will not always be lower than the angels. We are eternal beings, and we control the future. And how remarkable is it that, that if Jesus, who is superior to the angels and, and to us, came to earth to suffer and die? Jesus is this incredible picture of God's incredible glory being revealed through his incredible humility. Remember, the Satan was an angel too. He, he's a fallen angel. In other words, he came to earth too. But it's because he was thrown down to earth. That's because he wanted more power not to surrender his power. He came to gain, not to give. Jesus came to give. The Satan came to take. What do we associate more closely with? What percent of our resources do we keep and what percent do we give? I think the goal should be to become more and more like Christ and less and less like the Satan. My goal is to get to the point that I give more than I keep. I think every Christian should know exactly what percent of their money they keep for themselves and what percent they give away. If we are becoming who we were created to be, we are on a constant journey to learn how to give more and consume less, to be more like Christ. That learning will show us how to humble ourselves and to love more. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 says, Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. So this returns to the theme of Jesus, who is superior, lowering himself. He humbled himself. He became a human so he could die. We talked last week about the doctrine of reconciliation. Sin requires death. So Jesus had to become a man so he could take the punishment for our sins. And only by dying, the verse says, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Can the devil harm people? Yep. Is the Satan real? Yes. And that's why we need the protection of the angels. When we are in our human temporary bodies, we are in danger. The Satan still has a little power, and it's the power of death. So the angels protect us, those of us who are God's children. The angels protect us from the devil and from death. Verse 15, only in this way could, we, could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. When we know that we are eternal beings, we fear the death of the body less, and fear kills When we know that we are eternal, we have faith in God, and the death of our bodies is just the next step in our life. Verse 16, we also know that the Son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. Who are the descendants of Abraham? Well, we are. We've been grafted in, but this letter is written to literal descendants of Abraham. This letter is written to people who were born into the family, but we've been adopted, adopted into the family. We are no less children than they are, and they are only children because they are Christian Jews. Not because they are Jews, but because they are Christian Jews. 
They are now his children because they chose to believe in Jesus, not because they have Jewish blood. The Jews call themselves God's chosen people, and they were God's chosen people until they turned their back on him. He came to earth to be with them, to die for them, and how did they respond? They killed him. Now, there's only one way to be a child of God. There's not a Jewish way and a Christian way. The only way to God, the Father, is Jesus Christ, even if you're a Jew. We'll talk more about that in a few weeks. Verse 17, Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest. We're now seeing a foreshadowing of chapter 6. Jesus says high priest before God. Verse 17 continues. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of people. Then we get this power from Jesus. Then, then his sacrifice in us imparts holiness to us. Verse 18. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. To your pain, Jesus says, been there, because he came to earth. He can relate to our pain. Isn't it easier to hear encouragement from someone who has experienced the pain you're experiencing? Our church has a much higher than average percentage of people who've been in prison or in jail. There's a lot of them in our church, and we love that. But can you imagine if I started giving them advice about how to persevere in prison? They'd laugh at me. Mike, you cannot tell me how to live in prison. You've never been there. I've talked to a lot of you about what it's like, and I, I have a better idea now, but I cannot personally relate. So that's the encouragement that we get from knowing that Jesus came here. That, that, that encouragement is much more helpful from someone who's actually been there. This doesn't mean Jesus experienced every possible event that you can experience, experience in the world. He never experienced child, childbirth, ladies. But he definitely experienced a lot of pain. He experienced puberty. He experienced rejection from his closest friends. He was probably picked last for a soccer game, I'm guessing, or something like that. I'm guessing he was thinking, I could snap my finger and kill you all, but you won't pick me for your team. Okay, maybe not. Jesus' best friend died. We're pretty sure that his father, Joseph, died at some point in Jesus' life when Jesus was young. So if you're struggling, Jesus has been where you are. He has experienced so much fear that he sweat drops of blood. He was betrayed by the people that he was closest to. He experienced pain, and he's praying for and protecting you in your pain. That's the difference between empathy and sympathy. Jesus is able to empathize with us because he's been there. And that's the second chapter of the book of Hebrews. If you're getting together with a group to discuss this episode, we've included some discussion questions in the show notes. And if you have time, spend a few moments in prayer before you're gathering. Ask God to use these passages to form you into the person he created you to be. Thank you for joining me for this episode of On the Way. Next week, we're going through Hebrews chapter 3. Here are the discussion questions for this episode. Number one, angels delivered the old covenant. Jesus delivered the new covenant. What does that tell us about the two covenants? Number two, Hebrews 2.1 says, We must listen carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. What often distracts you from the voice of God? Number three, For a little while we've been made a little lower than the angels, 
but God tells the angels to watch over us while we live on earth. Can you think of a time in your life that you felt an angel protected you or guided you? Number four, even though Jesus was fully God, even when he was fully human, he chose to limit his power rather than use them to avoid pain. What is the difference between empathy and sympathy, and how can Christ's empathy teach us to love others who are hurting? 